This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Welcome to Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Tommy. And I'm Addie. And you're listening to Series 4, Episode 16, Challenge Accepted. And let's start it off with some announcements. Uh, We've got one announcement. It is very similar to the announcements we've had the past few weeks. Uh, post-game chatter is coming up, guys. It's where we answer all your questions, and you can send them in. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, EssentialNPCs.com, EssentialNPCsPodcast at gmail.com. Send in some questions, guys. So uh, this let this serve as your reminder. Get those post-game questions in because you only have until May 9th, and then you're out of luck because we're recording post-game chatter. So you guys have three weeks. Sit there. Think long and hard about what meaningful questions you'd like to ask us. Or silly ones. Or stupid ones. That works too. <laughs> Honestly, if you submit a question for post-game chatter, we'll answer it. Uh, that's it. So let's move on to Words with the GM. Hello. Hello, GM. Hello. Uh, this Words with the GM Hello. is about s- Series 4, Episode 15, Under and Over. Ah, yes. Very fun episode. Though, uh, when I was thinking about Words with the GM leading into this, I realized, like, not a lot actually happens this episode. It's kind of like wrapping up the mystery, a little bit more silliness with with Team Basington. You guys hop in a gyrocopter, crash into Iraq with, and then we set up the next episode nicely. But, like, It's not- a transitional yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kinda- could have gone really poorly if there had been some different dice rolls. This is true, yeah. I guess if, like... You guys had lost the trail of the murderer or uh, hadn't convinced the smuggler to help you out, those kind of things. Like if those roles just kind of like whiffed horribly, then I suppose you guys may still be in Key and Drew. But that didn't happen. And you know why? <laughs> because I finally found my Tefra dice. <laughs> <laughs> Your Tefra dice as yeah. opposed to just any D12? Yeah. The other ones had been betraying me. These ones did not. <laughs> Yes, that's right. You have uh, a significant amount of dice suspicion. Uh, For those of you that don't know, Addie, uh, whenever she plays an RPG, uh, designates a place on the table or a cup on the table or something on the table that is her dice jail. They need to go there and think about what they've done. <laughs> so whenever uh, whenever she rolls a die and it uh, it comes up poorly more than like once, then she puts it in dice jail. Or if it's really important and I talk to them and then they don't listen, also dice jail. I, I am one of the one of the few who doesn't subscribe to many of the uh, Because you are a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to like dice superstition, I'm not I'm not too hot on it. Like I say that though now the more I think about it, I do have the one thing where uh, I Unlike everyone else who's like, these dice are cursed, I'm getting rid of them, I instead, every time I make a new character and I'm going to play in a campaign, I buy a set of dice for that character, and then I lock those in for that character, and I'm like, fate has been decided. We've seen it with Oberon (laughs) in the fact that in season one, I just rolled tons and tons of natural ones, and everyone was like, why don't you get rid of those dice? They're obviously cursed. And I'm like, no, these are Oberon's dice. 
Oberon is cursed. <laughs> yeah, but imagine what would have happened if they had just spent a little time in lockup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it's always an entertaining uh, thing, um, uh, jumping from RPG group to RPG group and seeing the different superstitions people have. Uh, Roman, who's in uh, who's in series two, uh, Shadowrun. Uh, he, uh, uh, whenever he plays like D and D, he brings like a bag that is like two pounds of just like D20s. And like every time a die rolls a one, he's like, well, that one's gone for the night. And he just keeps <laughs> cycling through his dice, constantly changing out his dice. Yeah. And I will say that I don't ever get rid of cursed dice. I don't think that dice are necessarily You cursed. believe in rehabilitation. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you use jail. <laughs> yeah. This is like they get, you know, a nice therapy with the other dice there. And they like all, you know, kind of get rid of their bad karma. <laughs> and then they come back out. We give them a test. They betray me again. And then they go back into jail. Yeah. I, I suppose that's slightly more reasonable than some of the some of the stories you hear about people who like will freeze a die that has betrayed them and then put it in front of all their other dice to watch as they shatter it. Stuff like that. Like <laughs> teaching my dice a lesson. It's like, eh, okay. Hey, who am I to argue with results, right? I mean, I win a whole series rolling natural ones. My situation never got better. Everyone else's <laughs> situations seem to improve after they just after they shame or destroy their dice. Yeah. I really do need to get like a dice jail. Like a little jail. <laughs> like with bars and you with can just, little bars. That'd be pretty dope. <laughs> Let's see if I can figure out how to do that. Yeah, Maybe a- if I do, or if you guys have a dice jail, send us a pic and then I can make one myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyone have a how-to on how to dice jail? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so enough about cursed dice or, or you know, poorly behaving dice. Right. Yeah. Back to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was your favorite moment? Um, I think it was the way in which uh, you guys more or less eliminated Team Bassington. <laughs> um, I wasn't sure exactly how that was going to wrap up uh, at the end of Keyinger. I didn't know if you guys were going to continue racing against them um, or if they were going to get distracted or if you guys were going to like leave them in a situation where they were going to like, you know, you break the handle on a door and they can't get out or something like that. That was my original plan. <laughs> but uh, uh, I like the idea that uh, uh, that they like found their life's mission in Key and Drew. They're like, yeah, we're the best investigators there are. So we're going to find this guy. Also, we're going to stay here and spread the word of free will because people here need to know about science. <laughs> and then uh, all of that culminating up to the, uh, to the final Three Stooges-esque gag that I had where uh, they chase after the fugitive just by running into the sea. <laughs> and I just imagined in my head like a little like, uh, you know, you see them going off into the into the water and getting smaller. And then the screen does the whole like circular like fade away where like, you know, show them and everything else is black and then closes up and it's like thin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know that like some friendly whale picked them up and like took them to shore or something. Absolutely I mean, yeah, ludicrous. it's like Zeke says, they have some sort of mystical power guarding them. Just pure <laughs> dumb luck. <laughs> uh, what about you? What was your favorite part? Where Talia takes a turn against Barnabas Gunsby. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, as we all know, Talia is a, is a fangirl. Of Barnabas. And Barnabas is like explaining really oh, in slowly. In extreme detail. In extreme detail. 
everything he's doing to track this person. And she's like, Mr. Gunsby, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> and I just really like that finally, like that little tiny itty bitty nothing thing, like is the thing that <laughs> broke the, the like glass, the, the thing that like made him a real person. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, you're being ridiculous. You are a ridiculous human being. I'm just now realizing this. <laughs> uh, that was pretty good. Yeah. So that was a pretty good character moment, especially because like it wasn't, he didn't have to disappoint her. It was just like, oh, you're, you're a, you're a person. Got it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was also a good like joint uh, uh, player moment between you and Covert because like he was just kind of like continuing to talk and and uh, you picked up on the fact that he was not going to stop until someone interrupted him. And so it was uh, it was pretty funny when you just kind of like jumped in. You're like, Mr. Gunsby. And like I and then like Covert cracked a smile and was like, yeah, you figured out where I was going with this. <laughs> well, usually those moments are are taken up in the in the Zeke Gunsby escapade. <laughs> uh, but Zeke was busy. So it was Talia's turn. The cast continues to be able to play off of each other very well uh, ever since that haberdashery scene. A squad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think we've talked enough about the uh, episode. I believe uh, you have a satyr to fight. <laughs> so let's move on forward and listen to series four, episode 16, Challenge Accepted. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Barnabas Gunsby, famous big game hunter and adventurer. I come from common birth, but I've used my skills to make a name for myself. I often go on expeditions to explore the world and its many lost secrets, to tame once wild lands and lay my eyes on wonders few have seen. I've written books of my exploits to help fund my adventures and while the books have brought me wealth and fame, many believe them to be fiction. It's cast a sad shadow over my once great career. But I have been selected to participate in the great Atroposian circuit, where I shall prove to the world that Barnabas Gunsby is a true legend of adventure. Hello, I'm Talia Nazari. It's true, I am Varishta royalty, and that's all well and good, but ruling is certainly not my true passion, but a duty I fulfil nonetheless. You see, I'm first an inventor and engineer. Self-taught, but I'm very good, a natural. And I suppose that natural talent has only been helped along by a lot of time spent in solitude. But you should see all the sorts of things I've made, mostly through trial and error. I am certainly not afraid to jump in and get my hands dirty when needed. As fate would have it, being an inventor led me straight into what I believe will be one of the most interesting times of my life. Mr. Cornelius Jollypot has asked me to join his team for that great Atroposian circuit. Can you imagine? Of course I said yes, only bolstered by the fact that one of my teammates is Mr. Barnabas Gunsby, my favourite author. We're sure to have a fantastic time and perhaps even have the chance to win. I can't wait to leave Dalvozia and see the world with my amazing and talented teammates by my side. It's all so very exciting. I'm Ezekiel Quaglin, gnome pilot extraordinaire, but my friends call me Zeke. 
I grew up in Paldoris, before the Hurricane Wars. When the Aedin attacked, I joined the military to do my part in defense of my people. When it came time to return home, we realized that in winning the war, Paldoris had become an uninhabitable wasteland. The Infernal Church of Jinzi swooped in to save the day with their city-sized stormships. This spelled salvation for many of my people, and though I was never particularly religious, I was happy to accept the church's appointment as pilot of Jinzi's Hammer. I flew the city for several years, but I never really enjoyed living on that mechanical monstrosity. When the Evanglesian Civil War broke out, I quickly volunteered for the Jinzi Corps to lend aid to the militarists. Though we lost, I earned admission to the High Flyers, and after the war, used my connections there to become a commercial pilot. It's not glamorous or exciting work, and it barely pays the bills, but it let me fly the skies. When Jollypot offered me a spot on his Atroposian Circuit team, I was happy to accept in hopes of retiring to a life of luxury. I mean, even if we don't win, at least it won't be boring. The last time we left Team Jollypot, they had made it through the tech light country of Sulrai, um, having set Team Basington on the course to solve a murder and possibly try to convert an entire nation to their uh, religion of free will. And uh, Team Jollypot took uh, a gyrocopter to the Seder nation of Arachrith, um, controlled by the various Seder tribes. Um, their destination was, uh, the camp known as Whalehaven under the domain of the Silica tribe. They had to make a bit of a crash landing. They more or less did with no, uh, with no fault. Uh, they also, I, I suppose I should mention, uh, picked up a little, uh, uh a traveler in Sulurai, uh, n- uh, gnome who apparently has, uh, uh, the passion for adventure. His name is Welby and, the chieftain of the Silica tribe uh, approached them and told them that to uh, set foot on their sacred land, the members of Team Jollypot needed to elect a champion to prove their worth in uh, a, non- a non-lethal competition of martial combat between the champion of Team Jollypot and the champion of the Silica tribe. Team Jollypot elected Talia Nazari as their martial champion, uh, and the Silica tribe brought forth a gigantic satyr, almost monstrously large for a satyr, uh, by the name of Gurnenbeld. And uh, the crowd uh, made a ring around both Talia and Gurnenbeld. Uh, Gurnenbeld, unarmored and uh, armed only with uh, his metal gauntlets, and Talia with her trusty saber at her side and her newly acquired shield that she picked up from one of uh, Galahad Glenn's automatons. Talia? <laughs> yes? <laughs> uh, you are um, there. The crowd is chanting. Boris, the uh, chieftain of the Silica tribe, has uh, just called for you and Gurunbeld to begin your fight and jumped out of the way. I need you to roll priority. Uh, Barnabas and Zeke, you guys can roll priority as well in case there's anything you want to do during this combat. And uh, Talia, what did you get on your priority? 18. Zeke? Yeah, I got a 17. 14. All right. Talia, you're up first. Uh, Gurnbeld has just uh, clanged his metal fists together and taken a few steps in your direction, but you have uh, the jump on him. 
All right. What do you do? I am going to uh, begin moving in sort of like a, a choreographed dance sort of way. Sure. You begin moving forward to- towards him, spinning and flourishing uh, in deceptive ways so that he d- can't quite get a beat on you. So, and then um, I'm going to uh, enter my counter stance. Sure. Which I just sort of spot him and keep my eye on him as I'm twirling. Yeah, you start moving around him, uh, uh, spinning around, uh, and all the while keeping track of how his eyes are tracking you and where uh, where his like footing is, so that you are acutely aware of where he may strike from. Also, um, quick question: How large is the ring? Uh, you guys are somewhat in the center of it. Um, uh, we'll say it's about like a, a twenty-five. Uh, diameter circle they've created around you guys. And that is my turn. Alright, you uh, you begin, uh, you, you draw your saber, you begin moving deceptively, spinning around gracefully, uh, and uh, Gurmbeld continues stepping forward towards you, getting uh, getting ready to strike. Uh, Zeke, was there anything you were going to do? Um, I'm going to hedge our bets. I'd like to sneak away and try and get into this tent. Sure. Uh, go ahead and roll... Uh, Dexterity to sneak. Can I do that heroically? No, this is not a heroic thing. This is a, an underhanded thing. <laughs> I got a tier three. Okay, yeah. You uh, you duck away. No one seems to see you go. They all seem wrapped with attention at this fight. As I'm leaving, does it look like this is the whole town? Uh, probably not. Yeah. It's not like a massive crowd. And you did see from the aerial that this was a very, very sprawling community. Got it. Yeah, there's probably like... 30 to 50 people watching this, but that is not the population of this encampment. Okay. Barnabas, were you going to do anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, Barnabas is sitting there cheering Talia on. Uh, Gurmbeld is lunging forward, dashing forward. He comes in uh, and he goes for a gut shot first, Talia. Roll evade. It's coming in! <laughs> Being in my counter stance, I see what he's doing, and instead of evading at first, I whack him with the flat of my blade. Okay, how's that work? Do you roll accuracy and I roll evade? Yes. Oh, okay. Neat. <laughs> uh, I encourage my teammate, shouting from the side of the ring. All right. He's go- coming from the left. <laughs> go ahead and roll encouragement. All right, go ahead and add six. That's a tier three. Uh, six to your accuracy, Talia? All right, I like that. Um, that is a 15. Uh, so Barnabas uh, aids you in uh, in your... Uh, he's like kind of coming at you. You know, you don't know which fist to, to really watch. Barnabas sees him plant his leg and go for like the left jab into your gut. And he yells that and you, you, know, you follow Barnabas's uh, uh, advice and uh, swing as he opens himself up. Um, but... He manages to uh, like drop down and like turn it into like kind of more of an uppercut attack into your gut, uh, just narrowly dodging your your uh, your lunge uh, counter attack. Um, so now I roll. Now we have eight. Now I now I'm uh, rolling to see if he hits you. I yell out again. Watch out for the counter from the right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, go ahead and roll, uh, uh, mark off your, uh, AP, Barnabas, and roll encouragement. Two, two, that's plus four. All right, Talia, you get a plus four to your evade. Um, 31. 
Okay. Yeah, he whis- he misses you completely with that uppercut. He is uh, dropped down, gone for gone for uh, a lunge. Uh, you stab at him, so he goes for the counter with the right to try and like bump up at your uh, at your arm, and uh, you just very gracefully spin your arms and your body backwards uh, so that he has to stand back up to continue his assault. All right, and then I'm going to smack his hand. Okay. <laughs> In the hopes that he uh, drops his blade. Sure. He resists with dexterity versus my grace. Okay. 19. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, he's uh, gone up uh, for the uh, uppercut, and you spin around, and uh, uh, he's trying to get back into. He stands up, trying to get back into his stance so he can continue to press the attack. And you hook your uh, sword in one of the grooves of his right uh, hand or his right gauntlet, and fling that gauntlet up into the crowd. And there's a loud cheer and shout. Uh, and uh, uh, undaunted, he continues his assault. Uh, going to uh, punch you again with his uh, with his left hand, which still has the gauntlet on it. I evade. All right, go ahead and roll evade. Back from the left, Talia. Duck. <laughs> Barnabas coaching you like a like a, a a manager in a boxing ring, sitting there from the corner. You know, you got Barnabas Gunsby in your corner, and it's filling you with uh, uh, with pride. Uh, what did you get on your evade? 23. I was going to say, hope it's good, because I'm only giving you two. (laughs) Oh, 25. Thank you, Mr. Gunsby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, and he uh, swings, uh, this time kind of going for a jab right at your your face, and uh, you kind of like leap back a little bit, uh, avoiding it. The fist just ends, uh, the swing just ends a little short of your face. And uh, he goes in for another attack. All right, I evade again. Headbutt, move to the side. What'd you get for encouragement, Barnabas? Two, two, plus four. You get a plus four, Talia, to your evade. So that's uh, 27. <laughs> yeah, uh, he comes in for the headbutt, uh, and you spin around him, getting behind him, and he turns around and looks at you, and his turn is over, and it is now your turn. I move around him. Okay, you continue to spin around him, being uh, he's trying to spin around and keep a keep a beat on you. Uh, you continue your movement, using up your fancy footwork to keep him uh, a little confused about where to swing next. That's all I do on my turn. Okay. Uh, Zeke, you're continuing to sneak towards the tents. I'm going to need you to roll another sneaking test as you uh, as you begin to get to the actual like uh, encampment proper. Nansa tier two. So Zeke, uh, you're starting to sneak up. You know, you 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 sneak and like put your back against like one of the uh, tents. You're listening around. You're like, okay. You know, you can hear the crowd. You can hear the shouting over to the din of the uh, of the fight. You hear like, ha ha, get her, Natalia. <laughs> oh, look down to your left, and you can hear Barnabas like cheering her on. You're like, okay, okay, she's not dead yet. <laughs> and you start uh, uh, inching uh, inching around that um, that tent. And uh, you bump into someone wearing uh, ceremonial uh, leather armor and a uh, leather mask. And uh, he uh, immediately draws from either side uh, these ringed blades that uh, curve in front of his hand. Uh, And he pulls both of them out and puts one uh, up to your throat. And he's like, who are you? I'm Zeke. (laughs) What are you doing here? Looking for the bathroom. Is he roll cunning? <laughs> 27. 
All right. He uh, he cocks his head to the side, looks at you, and, and goes, "You can't go inside the camp." And he uh, he starts like pushing you back a little bit away from the uh, uh, from the tents. Everyone was like, "We gotta watch the fight. We're super into it." And I was like, "Well, I have to go." So I figured I'd wander off and try and find a bathroom. He also, I've got. I'm supposed to deliver a message to Duncan Furter, which, whatever, he's weird. I, I don't know what the request is for. He he sighs and goes, I'll take you to some bushes nearby, but you're not allowed inside the camp until the championship fight is over. All right. And uh, he escorts you to some bushes so that you can relieve yourself. And then, yeah, that's where you are now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Barnabas, you doing anything on your turn? Uh, I'm going to try to rile up the crowd in Talia's favor. <laughs> Look at her go! Talia! 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 Uh, go ahead and roll uh, cunning at a minus two. 21! Tier three. Uh, you start shouting uh, Talia, Talia, and uh, a couple of the people nearby you like laugh and like give you like a playful shove and go like, Gurren Bell! Gurren Bell! And they start drowning you out. <laughs> And, I uh, don't let it discourage me. <laughs> and uh, uh, Gurnbeld, uh trying to mark exactly where you're moving, Talia. You're like kind of spinning in circles around him. He's like watching, getting ready, and then he uh, jukes to one side and then goes for a uh, uh, goes for another like uh, like or he goes for like an elbow shot with his uh, with his left arm. I see it coming, and I hit him with the flat of my blade. <laughs> you're counter striking. Yes. Right on the joint, Talia! Hit his funny bone! <laughs> uh, Barnabas, what'd you get for uh, encouragement? Tier uh, 2, 18. Uh, so, plus 4. Talia, uh, you got a plus 4. Uh, so, what'd you get? 34. <laughs> okay, so I gotta roll defense now, and you gotta roll strike, because you hit him. <laughs> Cripes. <laughs> yeah! Talia! Talia! Uh, Barnabas, what'd you get for encouragement to try and get her to uh, do a little bit more damage here? Tier two, another plus four. You get a plus four, Talia. That's a ten. <laughs> All right, so that's a tier two. Uh, that's what twelve damage. Yes. All right, uh, Talia, um, you uh, smack him with the flat of your blade, slicing him slightly on the elbow. Uh, he uh, uh, pulls back. Um, and for a second before he continues to launch his assault, he starts chuckling and lets and his eyes go a little mad and he starts laughing uh, uh, at you maniacally. He's like, <laughs> as he like seems to get larger and is like and is like more menacing as he approaches you, like arms ready to just like destroy you. Uh, I need you to roll spirit. Spirit. All right. Twenty. All right. Uh, he is frightening and menacing but it doesn't uh, it doesn't shake you in the way that it would other people and uh, you uh, you suffer no ill effect as he goes in to strike you again uh, <laughs> uh, is this with his armed hand yes all right mind the fist uh, plus four uh, you get a plus four on your evade Talia that's a 24 all right uh, he uh, goes to swing at you, this time seeming to punch directly at your arm that is holding your saber. Uh, and uh, you uh, kind of cartwheel back elegantly, uh, avoiding the attack, and he barrels down on you, pressing the advantage. Um, I would like to try and disarm him. Okay. Go ahead and 
This is Grace. Yeah, go ahead and roll Grace. I've got a 15. Uh, you've cartwheeled back, and you kind of, like, end up, like, in a, a lower lunge, stabbing your sword up to try and hook it on his wrist as he advances, uh, and he thwaps your sword away, uh, ready for you to try that, and, uh, goes in, uh, to, um, uh, to hit you again. Roll evade. Uh, it's a one. All right. Uh, he, uh, he thwacks you. Uh, I need you to roll, uh, defense for me. It's just a scratch, Talia. And plus four. Uh, you get a plus four from, uh, Barnabas's encouragement on your defense. Uh, so how much damage do you soak up with your, uh, armor? You soak up two damage? Yes. Okay. Uh, so with that, you take 19 hit point damage. Wipes. Uh... As uh, he kind of uh, you you you're in your like downward lunge, and he kind of like picks you up like by the uh, by like your jerkin with his unarmored hand, and then just guts you, uh, oh. uh, gives you a big old punch like right in the oh. in the gut with his metal fist, and then like tosses you back and and uh, continues to press forward. Um, and that's his turn. It's now your turn. Um, I. I will use the momentum um, that he's got, uh, he's thrown me with to activate my um, wings and float back a little bit. Sure. As far back as I can. Okay. And I shall run straight at him. Okay. So that's, all right. Um, So he he, kind of like shoves you back and you, your wings whoosh go all like glowy angelic behind you and you gracefully glide back towards the crowd and everyone's like oh <laughs> and then you land your feet down and he like is still trying to advance on you and I'd say you have uh, 15 feet of movement between uh, where you've landed and where he is so I will then charge at him and attack sure go ahead and roll accuracy Talia 17 yeah you connect uh, go ahead and roll strike with the bonuses from your charging ram ability, I believe. Yes. Uh, 14. Uh, how much damage is that? 12. Uh, you start pre- running right at him. He actually, like, for a second, like, falters in his advance because he's like, oh, she's coming at me. And, like, as he tries to get, like, into a defensive position, you've already made it to him, and you kind of jump up and rake your sword uh, across his forearm as he tries to, like, parry you away. Uh, with one gauntlet, uh, gauntleted hand and one bare hand, and uh, the bare hand gets a, a little bit of a gash on it, uh, and uh, he like you know, kind of closes himself in so you can't get anything too vital, and uh, you you know jump up with that attack, spin around, land behind him, and now you're behind him, and he's turning to face you. What do you do? Um, that will conclude my turn. Okay, uh, Zeke, uh, you've been shown where the bushes are, <laughs> and the uh, satyr is standing there like. Well, go on then. I do. Okay. <laughs> he watches you relieve him, relieve yourself. How many action points is that? <laughs> I don't know. He watches I you pee for a real long time. <laughs> so he feels real bad about standing there. <laughs> he definitely feels very awkward. <laughs> I turn around and look at him like, "Are you just gonna watch?" <laughs> I, I have to. It's my duty as the eternal guard. So I was close. <laughs> I think to myself. <laughs> Barnabas, are you doing anything with your turn? 
Look at that. The punch didn't even affect her. Talia! Talia! <laughs> Talia! Go ahead and roll cunning. Another tier three. All right, this time, what with her uh, her graceful uh, retreat with her wings and then her speedy, uh, aggressive attack with the sword, uh, the area around you starting to be like, uh, they've, they've started to lessen their chance of Gurrenbeld. Uh, still, like, a lot loud din. Lots of people being like, get her Gurrenbeld! Gurrenbeld! But then, like, you start chanting Talia, 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 and a couple of people nearby, you're like, Talia! 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 And you got, like, a little pocket of resistance in the crowd. <laughs> and, uh, Zeke, where, uh, where you are with this Eternal Guard, you hear, uh, uh amongst the din, the, uh, chant of Talia, uh, uh echoing across the field. And uh, now it's Gurmbelt's turn. He turns to you, Talia, and uh, swings uh, uh, swings at you. Uh, he's going to uh, basically uh, like again like bob and weave to try and be a little like confusing, and then uh, go in for like a uh, 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 like uppercut with his metal fist. He's clumsy. Don't fall for that. What'd you get on your encouragement, Barnabas? Tier two plus four. All right, you get a plus four, Talia. So twenty nine. Uh, yeah, he uh, he goes and and uh, uh, tries to swat at your um, at your hand holding the sword again, and again you are able to uh, gracefully duck and spin out of the way. Um, I'd like to try and smack or like um, you know pull off the the gauntlet and send it flying. Sure. Okay. Go ahead and roll grace. Twelve. He, uh, again, you tried to catch the gauntlet, but he's, he fell for it once. He's not falling for it again. Uh, you go to try and hook it in the same spot, and he uh, twists his wrist around, closing his fist, so that your sword catches in and doesn't quite pull it off, and then he yanks it back. Uh, and uh, uh, he's going to uh, try to grab onto you. Do I roll evade for that? Yes. Watch the grab! <laughs> Another plus four. 29. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, uh, he, this time he like lunges at you and swings both of his arms to try and like grab you in a bear hug and you just duck under his arms, spin around and give him a little thwap on the butt. (laughs) 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 And, uh, he turns around angrily, but, uh, out of action points. So, um, uh, it's your turn now, Talia. All right. Um, I shall roll around him and try to get a little bit of distance and then come at him again. Okay. Uh, yeah, you can get uh, 20 feet between you and him and then run back at him. Mm-hmm. All right. Because you have that much movement. <laughs> Aim for the other arm. What'd you get for your encouragement, Barnabas? 17, uh, tier two, plus four. So 15. Okay. Uh, you uh, duck, bu- uh, duck underneath him, thwapping him in the butt and go running. He turns around and he's like a little shocked to see how far away you've gotten from him. And then he starts like trying to take strides to like get up to you and you just zoom right at him going in for another charging attack and you do connect. So uh, roll strike. That's the spot. Tier two plus four. All right. You get a plus four, Talia. Tier three. So that's 18 points. 18 damage. He's getting, he kind of like crosses his arms across his chest, getting ready to try and, like, you know, barrel through your your attack again, and you, like, slide uh, on the ground and slash across his uh, his thigh, uh, and he, like, stumbles back and turns, uh, grabbing onto it, uh, gritting his teeth, and uh, Zeke, the guard, you finish up, you finish up, and he's like, well, you really had to go. Yeah. <laughs> I told you. 
Well, that's, I mean, that's fair. Uh, let's go see how your friends are doing. Okay. Uh, and he starts walking with you, and he's like, You said your name was Zeke. Were you the one flying that contraption that fell? Yeah. Well, it was an impressive landing. Yeah. We here at the at the Silica tribe, we may be uh, we may seem rather primitive in our culture, but uh, uh, we are uh, our leader is a great thinker, and uh, we uh, we admire people who uh, uh, once you get further inside the camp, which I'm sure you will, judging by the sound of the crowd, uh, uh, you can uh, you can see some of the uh, you can see that we have a more advanced uh, life than than what you may assume. Traditional, yes, but uh, we do not eschew technology. That's and, pretty cool. And we admire men of great skill. You seem like uh, uh, w- uh, someone who would fall into that category. Hey, let me ask you a question. You're a guard at the, the Eternal Hut, yeah? Yes. Have you met Duncan Furter? <laughs> uh, yes, I have. He's been staying at the Eternal Hut uh, f- for some time now. Okay, I have a few questions, and I... Ask him my questions. Okay. How long has he been here? What's he like? Do you get a weird vibe from him? Do you think he might be a robot? If not a robot, what could he be? <laughs> All right. Uh, roll cunning for me. <laughs> also, did Duncan Furter have to fight anyone to get in? That's a tier two. Okay. Uh, can you write those questions down and I'll give you answers on the next initiative pass? <laughs> Artibus, you have a small pocket of the crowd cheering on Talia. Uh, they seem uh, enthused by your encouragement. Uh, and uh, uh, the general feel you get from the crowd is like they're cheering and stuff, but it's not like a, a weird gladiatorial like blood sport type thing. They just think this is good fun. Uh, and they're yeah, all being really it's like it's like a sporting event they're watching like you know, yeah exactly and you That's... you have some people who are like you know giving you shit for cheering on Talia and then like laughing at their their fellow uh, 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 clan members who are now cheering for Talia and you know they have to like and you can see like they're like you know some of them are like I have to admit she's pretty good <laughs> I haven't seen anyone go this well against Gurnbeld in some time uh, and like you know then they're like yeah go Talia yeah <laughs> uh, uh, when she when she charges in and slides under and slashes, Barnabas is just, yeah, Talia, Talia. Uh, go ahead and roll cutting to see if you can get more of the crowd on your side. 23, uh, tier three. Uh, yeah, uh, a good half of the crowd is now cheering on Talia. And you see as, as Gurnbeld is uh, grinning uh, and looking around and like, you can see him like making eye contact with some of the people who are cheering for Talia and being like, fuck off, uh, but laughing along with it. Uh, and uh, uh, he uh, uh, turns to you, Talia. Uh, he goes in uh, for a flurry of blows. Uh, go ahead and roll evade. I'm going to, I see it coming and I counter strike. Sure. All right. Um, I'm still just chanting Talia. The, the crowd turning to in her favor has filled her with a vigor, and she's ready for this flurry of blows. Uh, what'd you get for encouragement? Uh, tier two, plus four. All right, you get a plus four? Fourteen. Uh, yeah, you hit him. Roll strike. Really? How exciting. <laughs> this is quite fun. Twelve. Uh, so twelve damage. You go in for the counterattack, and he seems like he's expecting it, but willing to take it to, to get in closer to you and uh, you give him a good cut along his shoulder as he kind of like shrugs with it and goes in for the first of his attacks. Uh, go ahead and roll evade. I'm still chanting 
leading the crowd. Uh, plus four. All right, so you have a plus four, Talia. What'd you get on your evade? Uh, 31. Okay. Uh, I got a 41. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> uh, so he hits you. Uh, you have to roll defense, and I roll strike. Talia. Talia. Oh, shit. What'd you, how much damage are you soaking, Talia? One. Okay. Uh, you take 13 hit point damage as... Uh, his first attack, uh, again, kind of like hits you almost in the same spot in the gut, uh, making you keel over. And then he raises his elbow up to elbow you down on the back of the head. Uh, so go ahead. I try to roll out of the way. And roll evade. <laughs> roll out of the way. <laughs> Tier one. Uh, plus two. A 26. I got a 31. Shh. Uh, it seems his first blow set him up for the second attack, and he drops his elbow down. Uh, he's finally found his groove, and he's uh, he's uh, performing some uh, combination of attacks that seems pre-planned. Uh, and he gets you in the back of the head. I need you to roll uh, defense. I soak three damage. Ooh. Uh, you take 15 hit point damage as uh, there's a, a crushing blow on the back of your uh, back of your head, dazing you slightly. Uh, you stumble a little bit to the side and he leaps up uh, with um, the power of uh, those satyr legs, uh, going to knee you in the chin to get you upright again. Uh, go ahead and roll evade again. 27. Okay. Uh, he drives up with the knee, uh, but still dazed. You hug your shield to your chest and you catch the, the knee on your shield, uh, stumbling back, but not taking any damage uh, as you kind of like deflect the blow away. Uh, you stand upright, kind of blinking yourself a little clear and your vision uh, goes from being a double vision to single vision as you see a metal gauntlet fist going straight for your face. Roll uh, evade. One. All right, I got a 19. <laughs> uh, so your vision becomes clear. You see this metal gauntleted face co uh, fist coming at you. You duck down. It zips right past your your ear over your shoulder, and uh, and uh, you've avoided that uh, that blow. I'd like to flick it off of his hand and into the crowd. <laughs> sure, go ahead and roll grace. Okay. Cripes. 16. Uh, yeah, you, uh, you, uh, as the, as the fist that just missed you is being pulled back over your shoulder, you just twist your sword up and catch it at the wrist, pulling it off of his, uh, off of his hand and you spin around gracefully. Swing it to Barnabas. Uh, with a, with a pirouette and toss it to Barnabas, uh, who, uh, catches it and holds it up to the crowd and, uh, everyone's like, ah! um, and uh, Talia, it's your turn. Cripes. Uh, he steps back, looking at his bare hands, looking at you, grinning like, like with a well done type face, uh, and then uh, uh, like seems uncertain uh, what's going to happen next. If you're going to lunge at him or what? I'm going to m move. Okay. I'm going to just move around him. Sure. Uh, you start spinning around him again, and he's... Uh, and I'm going to back away, actually, oh, okay. this time. You start, uh, like, dancing your way back, like, gracefully, like, uh, uh, spinning your way back, one foot following the other, uh, and he, uh, he, like, slowly is creeping towards you, like, arms up like bear claws. Uh, Zeke, you've been walking back to the crowd. You're here, all the craziness. Uh, you asked, when did he get here? Uh, the guard said, I believe a little over a month ago. Uh, right. And then you asked, what is he like? And he goes... Weird. 
yeah, I get that. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know what to, uh, uh, what to make of him. I don't actually interact with him that much. He stays in a, like, a separate part of the tent. Uh, and you said, do you get a weird vibe from him? He goes, well, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you ask him if, you, if he thinks he's a robot, and he goes, well, I don't know. That's a weird question. I mean, I can't say definitively that he's not a robot, but he'd be a really impressive robot if he was. And then you, uh, you say, if, well, if not, what could he be? And he goes, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> uh, you go, well, did he have to fight to get in? Uh, and um, uh, he's like, a long time ago, Sir Roscoe Boren Cornfoot challenged our, our chieftain in combat to earn his respect. And since that fight, any representative of the Corps d'Elite is welcome here. Drunkenfurter did not have to fight to get in. All right. All right. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I wonder if they all have Drunkenfurters. <laughs> uh, Barnabas, uh, what are you doing? Um, I'm still cheering on Talia. Somebody fills the gauntlet up with beer, as per tradition. <laughs> and I have to drink it since I caught the gauntlet. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's that beer's really salty. <laughs> gross. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> and they're all like, Talia! Yeah, Talia! And without having to roll since you drank sweaty gauntlet beer, uh, the whole crowd starts cheering on Talia. Being like, give him out, Talia! Oh man, Gurmbells, you better make your match! Ah! You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, uh, Gurmbell grinning advances on you, Talia. And uh, he's going to go for another flurry of blows. Roll evade for me. Uh, I didn't get any encouragement, right? No, t- uh, Barnabas is, is reeling a little bit. That's bad. That's bad. <laughs> Yeah, Barnabas is reeling. Uh, he just took a, a, a gauntlet full of uh, of Seder beer, which is real, real strong stuff. Because Seders don't get drunk off of beer. It ju- they just treat it like coffee. And they make it real strong. Uh, what'd you get? 20. I got 22. Uh, Gurumbeld, uh, he sees you moving back. And he's, like, approaching you with his fists up like bear claws. Uh, and he... Uh, uh, ducks and then uh, jumps up and uh, does like a downward punch at you um, uh, using the, the his weight and uh, the force of gravity to kind of like bypass your defenses and uh, connect with you. Uh, go ahead and roll defense to see how much you soak. One. Okay. You take uh, 11 damage. Uh, as uh, you kind of back up, like, you know, losing your footing for a second, and he, like, hits you right in the sternum, <laughs> knocking the wind out of you, uh, and he uses that uh, that momentum to spin around with his left elbow to try and clock you in the side of the head. Uh, go ahead and roll a vade again. Watch the left. He's going for a combo. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you get for encouragement, Barnabas? Here, too. Okay, uh, that's uh, plus four to you, Talia. A twenty-three. Uh, you hear the sloshed uh, encouragement from Barnabas. Uh, you uh, manage to catch your breath just as the elbow is swinging around to hit you in the in the temple, and you duck down underneath it. He spins around, missing, but it's being followed immediately by a right hook. And I need you to roll evade again. The other side. <laughs> uh, what'd you get for encouragement? 28, so tier 3, plus 6. 
Uh, so you got a plus six, Talia, making your evade. 24. 24? Yes. Uh, he swings, and uh, you actually roll alongside the fist, missing it, and, like, uh, your head, like, falls into his, like, his bent elbow. And before he can do anything with that, like, get you in a headlock or anything, you just bend your neck down and just swoop, like, swoop your head out from underneath him. Uh, and uh, he finishes spinning around, seeing that you've... Uh, positioned yourself behind him, and uh, he leaps forward with his uh, his stubbed horns to try and just, like, get you right in the gut with a, like, a, a ram headbutt. A counterattack. All right. Go ahead and roll accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you realize Barnabas is having a really good time, and that makes you feel good because you like Barnabas. What's your uh, encouragement, Barnabas? Plus four. Uh, you get a plus four, Talia. 18. 18? All right. Uh, roll your strike. You hit him. Uh, so that's 12 damage. Roll a d12 for me. One. Uh, so uh, he's coming at you. You go to counter strike. You lunge your, stab your sword forward, expertly catching him on the round disc that is one of his horns. Uh, and like you, you like twist your elbow up to push him down into the ground with the attack and uh, you release the blade from his head as he smashes his head into the ground uh, and he like skids it on the ground gets up and he looks real disoriented and like there's a, a, a trickle of blood coming down from uh, from around his horn uh, and there's like a little bit of a divot where your sword point was and he like is trying to like blink away the blood and he like you can see his eyes are a little crossed and he's looking at like two of you and uh, he like kind of like swings haphazardly at you and misses and then like with the momentum of his swing he like trips over himself and just like falls down sitting and he's just kind of sitting there, like, blinking his eyes. And everyone's like, <gasps> and they all go quiet. And he's like, whoa, whoa. yeah, yeah, there's four of you. <laughs> ah, I concede. And there's a moment of silence. And everyone's like, yeah. Talia, Talia, Talia. Talia. I'm going to help him up he uh graciously accepts your aid and he like kind of like wraps you in his arm a little bit and he's looking a little past your face and he was like that was real good you fought good it was an honor and he reaches out his hand to shake your hand he's missing you by a wide margin i grasp it anyway <laughs> oh you're over there <laughs> uh and he's yeah uh he's he's got like a good grip on you as you as you guide him over the two uh eternal guards um that were uh, with Boris uh, move in to collect Gurnbeld from you as Boris approaches you, uh, grabs your hand, lifts it up, <laughs> and uh, and goes, From here on out, Team Jollypot shall be considered honorary members of the Clan Silica. Ha ha! And the guard next to you, Zeke, goes, I guess I can show you where the bathroom is now. <laughs> Great. I wasn't done. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, the crowd cheers, disperses. Talia, you get surrounded with people like cheering at you, kids being like, like checking out your sword and everyone being like, that was the best fight I've ever seen. I've never seen Gorenbeld felt like that. There's been people who've done well against Gorenbeld, but usually they, they concede. Uh, and um, 
Boris like kind of pushes them all back and is like, give her some room, give her some room. Here, with me, with me, Talia. And he takes your hand and like leads you through the crowd. They all kind of like disperse to let you guys rejoin as a group. Uh, and he sees how sloshed Barnabas is. Sven is with Barnabas holding him up. <laughs> um, and uh, Boris goes, I want you to know um, it's, not, uh, it's not common for people to be considered honorary members. Uh, usually we allow them access, but not true access. But as far as, uh, as, far as I'm concerned, you, you three are family now. You've proven your worth. To defeat our champion gains you entry into the tribe proper. Thank it you. It is a great it's... honor, Chief. We appreciate it. What he said is, it's a great honor, Chief. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, all that it sounded like was just... <laughs> uh, he goes, so... You need to go to the uh, the hut of the Eternal Guard, yes? That's where Duncan Fetter is? Yes, do you know where my, um... Hey, where's Welby? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you look over and Welby's being carried and he's like, I'm an honorary member of the tribe! <laughs> hey, great, man. Good luck adventuring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go drink! <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, and he goes, you, you three are, are welcome in uh, your fourth as well, are welcome anywhere in the tribe. Uh, uh, you can stay with us as long as you like. Um, but let's get you to, uh, to your destination first, yes? Hey, I have a couple quick questions for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> have there been, like, a rash of recent murders here? Or <laughs> is there, like, some kind of animal harrying your tribe's folk? <laughs> Or, like, some kidnappings or, like, merchant intimidation running rampant. Or just generally, like, I'm trying to get the pulse of what's going on here. Or has everything just been cool? Everything's more or less been, been as you say, cool. Oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're just, uh, we've... We live in relative peace here. We have to uh, fend ourselves from the other tribes on occasion. Um, I don't know how much you, you know about Arachrith, he says, as you guys start walking uh, inward. And uh, you get more uh, into the camp and you see, like, uh, just past, like, the outer tents. Like, uh, you can very easily see, like, yes, they are they live in tents, uh, probably in some nomadic fashion, but not, like, it looks pretty, like, stationary at the same time. Like, they could uproot if they had to, but they've been here for a while. And they've actually, like, they have, like, a high-tech uh, well to pump water out. Um, you see, actually, someone drive drive by in a buggy uh and uh it seems like this you know while they live in tents and stuff uh uh they are able to uh and and like or they're they're able to have like certain types of uh technology at, uh, on on hand and maintain it as well people are walking around with like trinkets monocles stuff like that um the country of Arachrith is uh, comprised of multiple independent satyr tribes, uh, but all of us answer to the High Council in the Barricade, uh, who uh, we come or we are comprised as a nation entirely of th freeborn satyrs or satyrs who have run away from slavery. We uh, we offer a safe harbor. Our uh, our border is constantly harried by uh, by the Siyeshi uh, uh, military, but they uh, they seem more content to just try and stop us from crossing over. And they, once, once you cross into Arachrith, you're more or less protected. As such, the, uh, the, the country is, uh, uh, has a lifestyle for anyone or for any one desire. We choose to live uh, a more simple existence here. Um, 
you know, working off the land, uh, some niceties, but nothing, uh, but nothing so crazy as, uh, as like large towers and structures. We don't want a city. We don't like the cities. We like the open field. Uh, but those in the barricade, that is a proper city. Uh, uh, and uh, people are allowed to uh, join whatever tribe will have them. Uh, we here in the Silica uh, and many of the other tribes out here uh, on the coast uh, prefer to uh, solve things through, uh, through martial combat. Uh, more often than not, non-lethal. Uh, there's the occasional skirmish and actual war, but it is uncommon. Uh, honestly, uh, uh, we're a community of tinkerers. Uh, really? Yes, uh, I myself, uh, I was a slave aboard, uh, aboard a Zelhost Railway. Uh, and I had to work on the, uh, on the engines for, the lo- for most of my younger life. Uh, once I made my escape, I worked my way up to Arrakrith and eventually uh, found my home here in Whalehaven and, and uh, created this, uh, the Silica tribe, people of like-mindedness. We like to, uh, to live, a, live a simple life, but also indulge our, uh, our obsession with, uh, with, with crafting. That sounds lovely. Here we are, the uh, the eternal guard, the hut of the eternal guard. Uh, the eternal guard. They are my sworn. Uh, they are my sworn protectors. Uh, uh, there's seven of them, and uh, you met a couple of them already. Um, they are the finest warriors we have, uh, but they don't take part in uh, in in trivial fights. Uh, when they draw their weapons to fight, they draw to kill, usually to protect me. It's very awkward, actually. It feels very strange. I mean. Their sacrifice I, I honor greatly, but uh, uh, I can't help but feel slightly uncomfortable. I try to join them in battle whenever I can. But like I said, for the most part, we live a peaceful life. Uh, you guys enter. Uh, it is a large, elegant tent uh, with uh, several sections in it. And uh, you guys walk into the center area. There's a, 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 like the remnants of uh, a large fire kind of like keeping the place warm. Uh, as soon as you guys enter the tent, it's like refreshing because you've been out in like this kind of like misty, cold, wet uh, uh, grassland. And um, uh, now it's like, you know, you're, uh, like the ground here is dried by the heat and uh, there's like several log uh, stools. Um, and uh, uh, he goes, I believe your your man, uh, Duncan Furter, is through that tent over there. All right. Um, do you think he's a robot? You mentioned you're a tinkerer. <laughs> No, I don't know. That's a weird question. He's a weird guy. I mean, he does seem a little strange, but mostly just full of pomp and circumstance. All right. He looks around and he's like, <laughs> maybe I should be worried if he's a robot. I don't know. I'm not sure. Just think about it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we go in. All right. Uh, and as you do, he's like, I'll be waiting out here to give you a, a, a further tool or a further tour of the uh, of the the clan lands. Thank you. Uh, yes, and that would be quite lovely. He says, yes, that would be quite lovely. <laughs> he seems to be sobering up a little bit. I almost understood that one. <laughs> Seder beer is very potent, and I'm not used to it. He says the beer is quite strong. He's not used to it yet. Ah, yes. Uh, I, can, I can understand. Outsiders take some time to adjust to, uh, to our customs. But uh, I, can't, did, I can't turn down the gauntlet. No, no, you cannot. <laughs> Uh, and you guys walk through the, uh, uh, the tent flap and, uh, sitting there behind, uh, a large desk carved of, uh, or a large, uh, desk with ornate carvings, uh, made out of like, uh, what seems to be a large tree trunk. 
um, uh, sits Duncan Furter with the same pale skin, same pencil mustache, <laughs> same uh, black coat, white ascot, looking exactly the same as you've seen him every time. And he goes, hello, I'm Duncan Furder. Welcome to the hut of the Eternal God under the dominion of the Silica clan. Who might you be? Team Jollypot. Excellent, Team Jollypot. Welcome, welcome you. All right. And he stands up and produces a clipboard and uh, uh, comes around the desk uh, uh, looking at you guys. Again, how was your trip into Arakrith? It was pretty good. We, I mean, we only crashed once. Well, that's that's good to hear. And uh, which one of you, out of curiosity, uh, uh, was the one who partook in the uh, the fight of the champions to uh, gain access to these sacred grounds? Ah, uh, that would be me, oh, yeah. actually. You are, and he looks at the clipboard. He goes, "Virtue Talia Nazari, my, charmed," and he reaches out his hand. Um, oh, I, I can. Reach my hand out as well. And he, uh, he kisses your rings and, uh, and gives you a little bow. And he goes, uh, good on you to, uh, uh, to have earned passage for your, uh, for your compatriots. Um, now, uh, just for a little bit of bookkeeping, uh, how did the fight go? Did you best their champion or simply perform admirably? You look rather unscathed. I have a few bruises, but um, yes, no. Most of it's internal. <laughs> That's probably true. Um, no, I uh, I was able to stun him, and he conceded. It was it was a very good fight. Excellent. Well, that would make you honorary members of the tribe. Uh, uh, something that is not very uh, uh, common. Uh, congratulations to all three of you. Uh, that will make your life a little easier, getting in and out. Sometimes it can be difficult to traverse Arakrith when you're not part of a, uh, of a Seta clan. Uh, I suppose we're very lucky. I have a feeling luck had nothing to do with it. It takes great skill to overcome a champion of the Silica. Congratulations to all three of you. But down to business, my curiosity satiated. Uh, let's get uh, to the order of the race as it stands. In first place, we have Team Cornfoot. In second place, scribble, 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 Team Jollypot. Good show, good show. And now, of course, any names that follow your name on the list are purely speculative at this point. We have to go off of eyewitness accounts and, uh, and current mode of transportation as we know it to try and predict the outcome as, uh, until the teams actually uh, check in. Um, and so with that, in third place, we have Team Adams. In fourth place... Team Holmes. In fifth place, Team Torchinovich. In sixth place, Team Odlin. In seventh place, Team Fittleworth. Just today, before you arrived, I received a letter from Team Basington giving a formal concession. Uh, so they are no longer officially part of the race. Uh, that leaves Team Basington, Towley, Cups, Nightingale, and Silver officially removed from the roster. Uh, so, seems like uh, you, you three are in at the home stretch. Perhaps you can catch Team Cornfoot. That would be exciting, wouldn't it? Yes, indeed. Quite. Can you tell me how long uh, it was that they checked in here? 
How long? How long ago? Is that against the rules? That would be against the rules, mm. unfortunately. I, I can tell you it was with re- with relative recency <laughs> that. Didn't they check in at the next checkpoint? That is uh, not something I would know. You'd have to talk to the representative at the second or at the final checkpoint before the finish line. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> is there anything else I can help the three of you with? Your next checkpoint, of course, being in the country of Siesh, uh, one that is has relatively closed borders. You may or may not know, but the country of Siesh uh, is completely devoid of the international railway system that connects all the other countries together. Um, it is also relatively frigid tundra the further north you go. Does the railway connect the barricade to the border at all? Uh, looking at the map that you were given by um, by Jollypot, uh, you can see that the barricade uh, goes to the encampment of uh, Magnev. There is a connection there of a railway system, um, and Magnev is on the border. However, you guys are quite a ways away from the barricade. Uh, you're basically on the other side of the country. Uh, the barricade is in the like southeastern part of Arakwith, and you guys are in the northwest uh, corner of Arakrith. All right. Is there, uh, and where are we going in Siesh? Uh, your destination is in Slycrag, which is at the base of the mountain that is the capital of Siesh, Mount Siberius. Thank you so much for all your help. I just simply want to convey the fact that uh, Siesh is quite unwelcoming to outsiders, and you should proceed from here on without, with extreme caution. Thank you. You're very welcome. But there's a Duncan Furter there. Excuse me? A representative of the court elite, yes, in, in Mount Siberius. How did he get in? Well, uh, those with the right connections can, uh, can earn the favor of the Siashi government, but trust does not come very easily to them. Okay. How many Duncan Furters are there? Excuse me? You know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Please, if you three have no other questions, I simply need, uh, I have some more paperwork to attend to, some letters to send. I need to inform the the rest of the court elite uh, of the uh, concession of Team Basington. You are actually the first to know. Besides me, of course. Surely we are. Congratulations again to your admittance into the Silica clan. Uh, may your journey be uh, one of safety and swiftness through Siesh. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you guys uh, step out back into the center uh, part of the tent. Uh, Boris is sitting there. He is uh, tinkering with, um, with a little clockwork scorpion. Uh, he's just kind of like adjusting some of the thing, uh, some of the, like, gears to it. He looks up and he goes, Well, uh, would you like a tour? Sure. I, of course. All right, let's go. And uh, he uh, uh, takes you guys out into, uh, 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 back out into the the spaces between all the tents and uh, hops in a little uh, open uh, opened cabin uh, vehicle of some kind. Uh, with some uh, like tires that seem capable of off-roading, he's, and he's like, "Jump on in! I'll give you a quick tour." We do, and uh, he, so. he drives you guys around. Um, this is the main living area for most of the most of the clan, and then uh, off towards the sea, we have our our fishers and and farmers. They uh, live a little more secluded from the rest of us, uh, and then. Um, 
uh, over here, and he like kind of like crests up on a hill, looking a uh, little uh, to the uh, west, and uh, you guys can see a, a smaller encampment off to the side there uh, with like steam and stuff and smoke uh, going off of it. He's like, "That's our uh, primary crafting den. Uh, it's you know the noise can be a little uh, a little much when you're when you're trying to just like you know relax for the evening." And uh, so um, that's where we go uh, primarily to work on our, our more long-term projects. We've got to get into Slycrag to check in next. Do you have any ideas about how we might do that? His eyes go wide and he goes, <laughs> Going into Siesh, it's uh, not an easy task. But, uh, hey, you're, on, you're members of my clan. I have to look out for you. If you intend to go into the land of Siesh... I cannot send you any help, of course. Uh, uh, my, my men, I do not want to risk them that way. Any satyr that sets foot in Siesh could easily be cl- claimed as a, as a slave. Um, no, we wouldn't expect that. But, like, if you had, I don't know, like, if there's, like, a big wall and you know about a hole in it, or if you have, like, some really cool planes that are hard to see or <laughs> like a cannon that you could shoot us out of spitball <laughs> or perhaps warm clothing. Oh, we can provide you with all sorts of furs and, and clothing to survive Siesh. Uh, that is, that is no problem. We can, we can definitely accommodate that as far as a, as a wall goes. Uh, the, the, the great thing about Siesh, he kind of grins, like chuckling to himself, is, uh, is they only protect their cities. They don't protect their country so well. So, uh, uh while there are border patrols, um, they are slow moving through the snow drifts. And, uh, uh, that's how most of the, the escaped slaves get away. Um, and that's not to say that they're easy to, uh, to avoid, but they can be if you know where to go. And, uh... Well, I may not be willing to send any of my people, though, of course, and he puts his, his hands up. He's like, if, if, uh, if any of them so choose to accompany you, I, I hold no dominion over their will. Uh, every satyr in Arakrith is free to make their own decisions. But uh, assuming none of my people would, would uh, want to travel into that lion's den with you, might be I know some people who are... Uh, Exceptionally good at getting people out of the country unnoticed. And so, and therefore, they must know how to make their way back into the country unnoticed. That would be very, very helpful. If you could introduce us, we'd be grateful. He like kind of grins and goes, It's been a while since I've seen Natasha, but uh, uh, I still believe I know how to get in communication with her. And uh, while we may not have parted on the best of terms, uh, we still on occasion, uh, have to cross paths. So surely I can, uh, I can see about getting you uh, involved in the Sieshi underground. Great. Thank you. Please. It is my, it is my uh, duty as chieftain to try and, and help any members of my clan the, to the best of my ability. So you said there was a tinkering tent. <laughs> well, yes, down there. And he gestures to the like, collection of tents with like smoke and smog coming off of them. Would you mind... If I go in there and poke about. No, you, free, free will. And I don't know how else I can say it. You can go wherever you like. You can do whatever you like. Miss Nazar, you're now officially a member of the clan. You I've can already do... left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's saying this as he turns around and sees her. And see, she's off. jumped out of the Jeep and is like quickly approaching. He's like, I could have driven her there. <laughs> I've got wings. I don't know if it would have been faster. That's true. Those wings that she created, they're quite impressive. 
She'll uh, she'll make an excellent member of the tribe. Uh, you you two though. I, uh, when are you when are you planning on setting out? I mean, I'm going to need some time to get in contact with Natasha. Uh, I might have to wait until tomorrow morning. Yeah, as soon as possible. We are in a race. That's fair. Um, but if you said you can't get in touch with her until the morning, then me and Barnabas have plenty of time to go get drunk. Yes! <laughs> Let's go get drunk! <laughs> Zeke, how did you read my mind? Uh, Boris uh, Boris uh, drives you guys uh, around to a large, large open tent that when you enter it, it just has like rows and rows of tables and just like kegs lining the inside of the main room uh, and there's also 10 flaps uh going into you know subsections of this large tent uh which appear to be uh breweries uh this is where they brew all the stuff and then just like wheel out a, a keg of it set it up and then anyone can tap into it whenever they want uh you guys walk in he goes let's get our new additions to the clan drunk and everyone's like yeah <laughs> we don't get drunk <laughs> and um uh we do uh Gurren Bell I'm still drunk. Gurnbeld comes up and puts his arm around Barnabas and uh, picks Zeke up and puts him on his shoulder. And he's like, I know the best beers in this tent. Let me show you around. Do you have any that are more suitable for a human constitution? I wouldn't know. (laughs) Give me your best beer. Let's experiment. Let's see what gets you drunker. And and, I'm uh, not Joe. Whatever. Let's uh, have some fun. Barnabas and Zeke, I need you to resist getting drunk with Brute. This is at a minus five. <laughs> I resist heroically with luck. Okay. <laughs> you do. <laughs> yeah, that's a tier four on heroics. Okay. So that's a plus 12 to your luck. Don't forget the minus five from the uh, strength of the uh, the alcohol you're drinking. Tier three. <laughs> Uh, Barnabas, what did you get? I'm just going to go roll up a new character. I'm pretty sure I'm dead. <laughs> did you roll a one? Minus four. Oh, <laughs> okay. So you did roll a one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, they drag Barnabas over, sit him down. They, uh, uh, Gurren sets you down. Zeke sets a mug in front of you. That's about as big as you are and sets a mug in front of, uh, uh, Barnabas and then, uh, carries over a keg on his shoulder and like pours it directly out of the keg in and then pours himself one, sets it down. And he's like, prost and, uh, uh, cheers with you guys. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Barnabas doesn't make it through that first mug before he just like vomits and passes out. Uh, and, uh, Zeke, you stay up into the night drinking with the satyrs. Uh, it starts off like, like, they're like, they're like, oh, you want another? Oh, don't kill yourself. Ha, ha, ha. And they're like, and then like after a while, they're like, holy shit, guys, guys, come over here. Come over here. And they're like, what? They're like, he's on his eighth beer. And they're like, no. And like, uh, uh, Talia, we're. Whatever you're doing in the night, you're going to be doing it, but you also hear like you're you're uh, a good like like 300 yards away being uh, from like the edge of the community tenting area when you're in the uh, tinkers uh, section Mm -hmm. Um, and you can hear echoing from the hill there just (laughs) seek. Seek! 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 Another! (laughs) I imagine someone comes in and yells, the little one's drinking 
and he's not down yet. He's nine in. <laughs> yeah. The tent almost empties as people are like, no. <laughs> and they go running. The entire Silica clan piles in to watch Zeke slowly drink. And eventually, Zeke, you do like get so drunk, you like kind of just like fall asleep. But like, it's like way late into the night and the entire clan is cheering you as you get to your... I get, so I get nine beers in. No, you get, oh. Okay. And I start to feel it. Yeah. And then I get big and I get another six beers. <laughs> I have a bigger liver now. <laughs> There's a lot more blood. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and on, as you're finishing up your uh, 14th beer, you set it down and uh, they're about to pour you another one. And you just like sitting there, not really changing your like sitting position or anything. Like Big Zeke is just sitting there. And you're and like they go to pour you another drink and they with your eyes open, you go <laughs> and they realize, oh, he's asleep. No record! <laughs> and they uh, they carry your unconscious body to a place to rest. <laughs> they forgot about Barnabas, though. He's just still sitting in the tent face first on the table. Bar- Barnabas got laid on a bunch of empty kegs that Zeke had finished up. <laughs> Uh, Talia, what are you, uh, what are you trying to achieve in the tinkerer's tent? Um, I think I will, uh, go ahead and make Mr. Quaglin sort of a jetpack. Sure. You have the materials and the skill set to do that. Um, I find some like leather to cover the metal parts so that, that he doesn't have to touch it. Sure. Um, and the, so the straps will grow as he grows larger. Sounds good. That's, that's, uh, uh, no problem at all. And actually, uh, at, even though most of like, it's like a collection of tents, it's not really just one tent for the, uh, for the area, uh, each tent, like housing different like, uh, things. And then a bunch of like, uh, like machinery to help like assist with crafting in the center. Um, and, uh, you know, you go grab some materials from one tent, you come over, you start building the jetpack. And while most of the people have run into the like main camp to, uh, uh, to watch Zeke, um, a couple have stayed and one of them, one of them is Sven. And, uh, and you see, uh, uh, Sven is working on a little farm bot. Uh, he's, uh, he's like putting together a tiny little like gnome sized, uh, uh, bot with like, you know, with like digging hands. Uh, and he's like trying to like tinker that and, uh, he's having a little bit of trouble with it. And he's like, blessed. Oh, try again, try again. And, uh, he like takes it apart and starts putting it back together again. Well, if you put the converter on the bottom, uh, then gravity's working with you. You should, you should try sort of flipping it upside down. That's not a bad idea. I'll give it a try. And uh, he tries it, kicks it on. He's like, Eureka! (laughs) Uh, As it doesn't sputter out. Uh, And then he's like, dig! And it goes like, click, click, and starts like trying to dig in the middle of the air. And he's like, no, lower! Lower. Oh, damn it. (laughs) And he does a couple more tweaks and eventually gets it working. He's like, thank you. What are you working on? Um, Well, I just finished that jetpack. And now I think I'm going to start working on putting Gerald back together. Sorry. Take my hat off and put <laughs> Gerald on the table. I turn him on. Whoop, whoo, Hold. Oh, geez. Is that, is that an automaton hat? Yes. That's impressive. <laughs> Thank you. He, he was a full automaton, and, but then I had to use the majority of his materials to make a boat, which then I turned into the gyrocopter. So now I'm hopefully going to put him back to rights. Wow. You're very talented. Um, Thank you. I just sort of feel it. I don't know. 
Well, you assisted me with my, uh, with my robot. Uh, would you need an extra pair of hands, perhaps? Sure. Um, yeah, that'd be great. And uh, pulled into the tent area, there is, like, your old skiff, so you and Sven work on uh, pulling uh, that apart. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the time, you know, a little bit before sunrise, you and Sven have completely rebuilt Gerald. Well, let's see if it works. All right, let's turn him on. There's a moment, and then Gerald's eyes, dink, dink, light up. Woo, 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 Hello, Gerald. Woo, woo, Are you happy to be big again? Woo, woo, woo. I knew and he you would flexes, be. he like does like a flexing pose. He goes, woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we go find Mr. Quagman and Mr. Um, Gunsby? Woo, woo, woo. All right. Sven. Thank you so much for all of your help. No, thank you. It was, uh, I think I learned a thing or two. I'm glad. Uh, and uh, he starts working on another digger bot. Um, ah. And uh, you and Gerald head back to the main camp, uh, find a place to rest. And um, when you're there, it's already, Zeke has already like been put to sleep. And uh, people are like, your friend can drink. Yes. It's uh, his gnomish constitution, I think. It's, it's insane. It doesn't make any sense. But hey, new record. <laughs> I didn't know there was an old one to beat. Well, I mean, we only get so many outsiders through here. That's fair. Uh, we only let so many of them drink that much of our beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they you know, show you where you can rest. You have like a nice tent. Um, and uh, you sleep next to an uh, unconscious Big Zeke. And they've dragged uh, unconscious Barnabas in there as well. <laughs> All right, Gerald, wake us up. Whoop, whoop. Go to sleep. And uh, morning comes. Zeke, uh, you have the mildest of hangovers. Uh, it's going to be a minus one to you. Yeah. Uh, as Barnabas comes me. And has Barnabas. Been defeated. <laughs> Barnabas Go enemies. on without me. <laughs> this is my end. He says as he suffers a minus three to all tests. <laughs> as Barnabas wakes up, looking real bad. Mr. Quaglin, I made you this. I thought you'd like it. What is it? It's a jetpack. Cool. <laughs> I put it on. Sure. It won't fit all your big, though. Oh, but you're listening. No, he's got little. He's using his little voice. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I get small as soon as I can. It squeezes all the alcohol into my bladder, and then I can pee it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, it should grow with you if I sort of understand how your get real big thing works. It's not an exact science, but... We'll see. <laughs> and I put it on and I go outside and I get big. Does it work? <laughs> uh, so the straps and everything grow with you. Uh, but it, like, so the backpack or the jetpack, when you wear it as your gnome size, like fits your back. Like it ends at like your, your hips and goes like a, just a little bit above your shoulders. Um, and when you get real big, it's like a tiny little backpack, like in between your shoulder blades. Um, but the straps, uh, the straps grow with you and, uh, and uh, you try it when you're real big and it still has enough thrust to like lift your, your big body up without much uh, difference. Cool. <laughs> I fly around for a little bit. <laughs> Whoa, he's flying now. This is the best. Your beer did this. <laughs> <laughs> We're not primitives. That's slightly offensive. But hey, you're a good pilot. <laughs> I'm just trying to have fun. You guys are great. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you're great. <laughs> and then I land and get small. 
Thanks. This is really nice. You're welcome. I I thought it was wasted on Gerald, really. Thanks. Uh, and um, then I tell Gerald to pick up Mr. Gunsby as we go find uh, <laughs> Boris. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And gentle with his massive hands, uh, Gerald picks you up and cradles you in his arms, Barnabas. <laughs> Just leave me, Gerald. This is the end. Woo, this woo, is woo, where woo. Barnabas Gunsby meets his doom. Woo, 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 oh, stop beeping. It hurts. And you guys uh, walk around for a little bit. You ask around. People are like, oh, Boris left very early in the morning. Uh, I don't know where he's at. And that uh, that continues for a little bit. And then eventually you see um, the uh, Boris's, Boris's uh, uh, Jeep. And he drives up and he pulls up to you guys. And goes, oh, good. You're awake. It's um, it's a uh, if uh, you said you were in a hurry and I managed to get in in, uh, in contact with Natasha's men. Uh, I can uh, take you three to the border or was it four of you? No, I think Welby's going to find his own way. All right, then. Let's go. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, last last night when you guys were, like, uh, drinking everything, you saw, like, Welby was drinking and partying with people, too. And, like, you know, he drank a good amount, but he didn't go Barnabas on it. And uh, and he, like, drank, like, a couple drinks and then, like, went to sleep. And uh, and he seemed really happy here. <laughs> He's like, yeah, well, we'll take care of him. He's part of the tribe now. Um, but... Uh, if he's not part of the race and doesn't need to leave with you, then so be it. Hop on in. Oh, I have furs and uh, and uh, furs and such in the back. Natasha might have more gear for you when you get there, uh, but I figure at least this will help. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, you guys start driving, and it actually takes most of most of the morning and afternoon uh, to get to the border. Uh, it's not a short drive. It, you know, it's a good like four or five hours. Um, and right before you guys leave for that, uh, you're starting to pull around and uh, Boris turn, uh, pulls up to the eternal guard tent. One of his guards jumps in uh, uh, to accompany him. Uh, and also jumping in uh, Sven, he hops in the back uh, and he's like, uh, mind if I come along? And, and uh, uh, Boris is like, no, not at all. Uh, the more, the merrier. Uh, so that makes it uh, uh, Zeke in the middle up front between Boris and his eternal guard. Um, uh, <laughs> Barnabas laying across the middle seat, uh, resting his head on Gerald's lap. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Talia and Sven sitting in the back with their feet dangling over the, the back of the, uh, uh, the Jeep as you guys go driving. And it's a good, it's a, like I said, it's a good five, six hours before you guys uh, get to the border. Um, any, anything happening during that? Right. So if he was a robot, like you guys are tinkers, <laughs> what would the signs be? Right. So, cause we've seen one of him at every checkpoint and they all insist they're different guys. Well, that's strange, right? It's really weird. I'm trying to figure it out. Well, I don't, I don't know. Have you tried, have you tried giving him some sort of logic problem? I did. It didn't seem to phase him. Mm, okay. Well, he could just have a very advanced brain works if he's a robot. That's what I thought. But, uh, I mean, I, I've, I've interacted with the man quite a few times, and, and I don't know. He's, he's, he, the skin is a pretty lifelike. It would be the most lifelike automaton I've ever seen. Clones, maybe? <sighs> That's outside of my wheelhouse. I wouldn't have no idea. Okay. 
but I mean, he could be in the Talmudon too. I mean, Nestor Torcinovich is one of the best, uh, uh, the best crafters in the in the land, and he is a member of the court elite. So it's possible, I suppose. Uh, they, there's pretty much nothing the court elite can do, in my experience. Yeah, that's a good point. And I continue like this. Yeah. Discussing Duncan Furter and what he may or may not be. <laughs> Boris starts like speculating with you, being like, I don't know, it's weird. I'm gonna no see like this is the problem. You're going to go and like maybe meet another Duncan Furter in, in Skycrack, but I have to go back and live with one and now it's, I can't unsee it. <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. It's it's it is. It's 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 crazy. You know, I I joined the Silica tribe when I was pretty young. I earned my freedom at a, at a relatively young age, and I've I've been head of the Silica tribe for some time. And I don't know if you know, but the court elite earned uh, earned the right to send one of their representatives here whenever they please. When Sir Roscoe Berwin Cornfoot uh, uh, bested me in combat, um, and uh, you know, like now that I think about it, like. That was a good, like, 15 years ago. And Duncanfurter was around then, too. Honestly, now that I can think about it, like, he doesn't seem much older. All of the signs are there. I just can't put it all together. <laughs> oh, fuck. This is going to bother me for some time now. It's been bothering me the whole race. I always just thought he was a weird, a weird like, strange man. I often liked, you know, making fun of him while he talked. He would come out to me and like, oh, yes, I'm Duncan Further. And I go, oh, yes, of course, Duncan Further. I'm Boris. And we just would go back and forth like that. He didn't seem to get it. He didn't understand I was making fun of him. But, uh, but I don't know. He's strange. It's very strange. I'm not going to be able to stop thinking about this now. I don't, I don't want to thank you for it, but also thank you, I guess. But also, like, don't, like fuck you. Why do you uh, now I have to think about this all the time? Welcome to my life. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so while that conversation is going on, anything else? So we've piled all of the furs on top of Mr. Gunsby. <laughs> except for the one that's underneath his head. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and Gerald is just, like, slowly, like, feeding him water. <laughs> yes. Gerald's taken care of him very well. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Thank you, Gerald. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> I guess I would. Um, you're a, you're a very good tinkerer, aren't you? Who me? No, I'm. I dabble. Says Sven. Mm -hmm. Um. Well, do you think that you could make a copy of something if you had one? Well, possibly. What is it uh, you have in mind? Um, and I take out my messenger sphere. Okay. So uh, it's a messenger sphere. You put a little note in it and then you send it off and it goes there and then they're able to send it back. Um, and then you usually have to fix it up a little bit. But I've got, I've got one extra little um, aether core um, and it's really, really only enough for a messenger sphere and i thought you might want to make one so you could send me blueprints and i could maybe make notes on them and things oh that would be excellent i like this idea let me see let's see if we have some time i can maybe put one together right now let me look at yours and i'll, I'll see what i can do and he like reaches into his satchel which has like parts and stuff right. and he uh over the course of it and like work with, on it together. with your instruction yeah you guys work on it and he, he makes a, a good replica of your messenger sphere and he goes all right and it just works like this i just sit in coordinates like that and oh there it goes it's plus that's excellent well so after the um 
atroposian circuit is over, I'm probably, well, definitely going back to Sunspire in, in um, Dalvosia. And if you wanted to write me there, I'd be happy to write back. Yes, that would be great. I'll send you all of my ideas. You can, and we can, we can uh, work together on things from afar. And of course, whether, wherever you go, it doesn't matter. You are always a member of the Silica tribe. And you always have a home here. And so you are welcome to visit whenever you like. I'd like it if you did. I would like that too. Great. He just kind of sits there smug and smiles. And, uh, <laughs> and as you guys get to, uh, 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 as you guys are driving uh, after about five and a half hours, uh, Boris is like, all right, we're almost here. Um, uh, the, the temperature has gotten significantly colder as you guys have driven. Um, the wind coming uh, at you guys from the north is, uh, is harsh. Um, uh, he's like, you might want to put furs on. You're not going to get far beyond the border before it starts snowing. And um, uh, as you guys get there, um, you know, he parks. He's like, this is as far as this jeep goes. This is right before the border. We'll wait here and meet with Natasha, assuming she shows. And... Uh, you guys are, are sitting there for a bit, and um, uh, soon enough, um, you see uh, uh, a couple what look like motorcycles uh, heading, uh, heading your way, um, and uh, pulling up uh, are, on the motorcycles are three um, uh, satyrs, uh, and the one in the middle, uh, she uh, hops off her motorcycle with, uh, with some uh, grace and like lands. Uh, she is wearing um, uh, dark leathers with white fur, um, and uh, she's got her uh, fiery red hair pulled back into like a French braid starting uh, at the top of her head going all the way back, um, and her, uh, her two uh, horns uh, curl back. Uh, backwards making almost a full circle as they stick forward at the bottom um and uh, she's got a scar over one eye uh and um is has like a rifle slung over her shoulder and like a, a uh, like uh, a, a hatchet like on uh, on her belt along with some like climbing gear it looks like um and uh uh she steps off and you see like uh um also like under one of her like knees uh, on her shin uh there's like a patch where there's not fur because there's like a big scar there and uh she looks at you guys and, and uh the other two jump off of their bikes as well and the uh, boris goes these are the newest members of my tribe they need to make it to sly crag uh, for the atroposian circuit and uh, Natasha goes, and that's how you greet an old flame, eh? And uh, Boris is like, well, I just, I just figured you wanted to, you would want to get down to business. And she's like, uh, she goes, you know, I don't think I owe you anything, Boris. Why is it that I need to escort some of your newest pets into uh, into Siesh? I have enough to, uh, enough on my plate. If you wanted to help and be part of the uh, Sieshi underground, you should have stayed in Sieshi and helped me. And uh, Boris looks like a little ashamed. And there's like a tense silence. Are you going to help or not? <laughs> she looks at you, unamused, and goes, maybe not. Maybe the three of you just uh, go into Sieshi on your own and see how you fare. My guess is you don't even make it halfway to Mount Siberius before you get locked up in shackles. They don't need just satyr slaves, you understand. You might be okay, she gestures to Barnabas, but your skin's a little pale for the Houdis. They might put you in shackles anyways. So is that a no? 
We're in a race. Like, if we could expedite this. I don't see what's in it for me. Putting my people on the line for a race? You're going there anyways. We're all pretty capable. Yes, we can definitely hold our own. What is it that you would want to get out of it? What could we give you, provide you? Obedience, loyalty. I say jump, you jump. I know you're, you have your destination, but if I see a, a slave caravan on the way, I'm taking a detour, and you're going to come with, and you're going to help. Any All hands on deck when you are with me. I think we can manage that. You say they're capable, Boris. He goes, this one here, bested Gurenbild. And she, like, actually, like, stops, like, glaring at you guys for a second and looks at you, Talia, and goes, nice. Thank you. All right. Sure. I can see you safe passage, use my, use my expertise, get you into Siesh. As long as you're willing to join my crew for the time being. Something Boris was too good to do. It's like, I had responsibilities, Natasha. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've heard it all before. Are we in agreement? We have room on our motorcycles for three more. Yes, oh, I there's think a big we have old, a deal. There's a, there's a big automaton. Well, we got the little one. You can, we can make it work. She gestures. To, <laughs> she even nods at Zeke. I thought there were only three of you. Otherwise, I would have brought a fourth, motor, uh, a for, a fourth outrider. It seems we're in agreement. All right. Will, I don't have time to waste. You don't have time to waste. Let's go. Cool. I get on a motorcycle. I say goodbye to everyone who came with us. Sven uh, takes your hand and he goes, you're Dalvosian. I don't know if that means you're royalty or not, but and he kisses your hand and gives you a little bow. And he's like, m'lady. Sir? And, uh, and then he like grins and then he leans in and gives you a kiss. A real kiss? On the lips. Oh, my. (laughs) Shut up, Zeke! (laughs) He grins and he goes, Anytime you have a home here in Arrakis, I'd like to see you again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he he smiles. uh, And uh, Natasha goes, Oi! Lovebirds! Burning daylight here. Let's go. And you turn around, Talia, and you see that Barnabas is on the back of a motorcycle. Zeke is on Gerald's lap on the back of a motorcycle. And Natasha's sitting on her motorcycle like, come on, chop, chop. And then uh, Boris goes, oh, you're such a romantic, Natasha. And she goes, piss off. <laughs> I fly over. Oh, those are nice. <laughs> Land behind us. Oh. All right. Let's go. And they kick on their motorcycles and peel around, and uh, you guys drive away from Boris, Sven, and his eternal guard. And that's where we'll end the session. Ooh! Talia and Sven, sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with endorsed, sponsored, or specifically approved by Cracked Monocle Gaming. Tefra, the steampunk RPG, is a trademark of Cracked Monocle Gaming, all rights reserved. Go to www.crackedmonocle.com for more information.